Welcome to the last recording of the year for Blue Collar Love. My name is Samuel, and it has to get better because it can't get any worse. And I'm Aaron. All your feelings are streaming down your leg, and all your feelings becoming what you hate. So, hey, Aaron. Welcome, good hey, sir. Sam. How you doing? I am. I exist. Life doth go on. <laughs> Um, tonight we are reviewing our third Pony Express project, Becoming What You Hate. As we all do, so they tell us, we all eventually become what we hate. And, um, so let's go ahead and just kind of start the way we always start. Um, let's, uh, talk about our history with this album. Hey, like a lot of stuff lately... I just kind of listened to this uh, this week. I admit I procrastinated because I didn't love the last couple Pony Express albums, and I kind of reviewed this one at the last minute. <laughs> um, I wasn't actively avoiding it, but I wasn't like anticipating it either. So, it how about you, Aaron? I can't remember how I got this. This came out two thousand four, right? Five. Two thousand two. 2002 okay all right so where was i 2002 i was back out the, oh i was just getting out the army so i have no idea where i got this but it, yeah at this point i was just a jason martin fanatic so anything that he was a part of i've got i'm sure i got off a of velvet blue through the mail some type of way um don't exactly remember when how i got it but i did i listened to it and like he um I really liked the the, the Monkey Hearts um, one. I really really liked, and then this came out and um, didn't have the lyrics. Um, so it's hard for me. I'm a big lyric guy. If you put lyrics in there, and like I'm a, I'm trying to hear try to hear the lyrics, so it's hard for me to really get into the music. I kind of liked it. It was weird. We'll talk about it. It was you know more of a departure, like the Monkey Hearts EP. So I did like the music, but I didn't really get into it. And then was it last year or earlier this year? The Corona's really got me blurred, but J Jeff Cloud um, posted the lyrics finally to this album. And that year, last year, whatever it's been, the last few months, I've really got into these songs. And so kind of like Sam, um, just recently, I've really got to these songs because now with the lyrics, I can kind of make a connection with them. So that's kind of my experience with this album. Fair enough. Now, this album, I think, is kind of cool. I'm um, looking at the production. This, or the the credits, this is like the, uh, I almost want to call this the Jeff Cloud All-Star Band. <laughs> because we got Franklin's producing this album, and I love him for it. I'll talk about it in a minute. And I'm assuming he's playing drums. Uh, we got Mr. Cloud on bass and vocals. Jay Martin on a, I'm assuming, see, when I looked it up in Discogs, it didn't say what they were playing. So I'm basing this off of our previous history, knowing yeah. these guys. We've interviewed, what, two, three of them? At yeah. least two of No, three of them. Yeah, we've interviewed three of these guys. Um, and then we got uh, Josh Dooley on... Four, four of these guys. No, no, three. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and then we got Josh Dooley. Um, I'm assuming he did some keys and guitar. Yep. And then Richard Swift, I'm assuming, was their main key guy. And 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 other things. Yes, and various other instruments. Uh, we got Chris Colbert uh, mixing this album, and I really like some of his mixing decisions. I'll talk about them later. 
And we have the same album art designer as the first um, Pony Express album, Wendy James. And yes, yes. album cover art, let's start with that. It um, looks like it's a corner of the room from the first album. Maybe it yes. is, I don't know. Sam, it's not that same room. <laughs> so, from the Eastwood there you dive, go. It's... No way. There's no way that's the same room. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that room in the Eastwood Dive probably got burned down about a month after they took that picture. The booklet that comes with it, there's not much on the inside either. There's um, some black and white writing, no lyrics, of course, and just, you know, some, you know. Go ahead. Does the writing have anything insightful on it, or is it just, you know, here's the credits? Yeah, nothing insightful. Well... But I, the you, cover, I like that. I like that minimalist cover. I mean, of of the three Pony Express albums thus far, I do like this one the best. I mean, the other two were pretty cool too and freaky. But I, I'm a, that's why I love like the the, the Joy Electric Cubist album covers. I'm just a very simple guy like that. <laughs> I like simplicity. I feel like this one just falls into boring. Maybe it's the colors. I don't okay. know. Um, but. I, my favorite album cover is their first album. I think that one just looks cool, but, you know, whatever. I mean, so. All right. So I guess we'll go ahead and anything else before we get into this album? No, let's hear uh, the Jeff Cloud All-Star Band, also known as Pony Express. Um, get weird. First up, we have the song, the title track, Becoming What You Hate. You want to go, Sam? Sure, I'll, I'll kick this off. Um, so I literally just wrote down the lyrics that you started with because they were so weird. All your feelings streaming down your leg. All your feelings becoming what you hate. Um, and it's interesting when Cloud's singing, he sounds like he's trying to force the words out. Like he's can't breathe or something. I don't know. It's a interesting production trick. Um, it really gets your head into where they're going with this album. Because from there you hear like some avant-garde style instruments playing and some weird backgrounds and some random noodling. And it's a fun and interesting opening track. Like it's like, here, hey guys, you remember what we did before? Well, here's what we're doing now. Here's it reminds me of like the um oh what is it? Like what do you call like the uh, Paramount logo or the um the twenty first century Fox logo at the beginning of movies? You know, it's just mm-hmm. the Introduction. Here's here's what's going on. Mm. Yeah. So it's a fun opening track. I like it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start off with this album in general. So this song, this album, just in general, is like a three out of five for me. But it's gonna be more in depth. That there's no so hear me. There's no bad songs in this album when I go into it. Some are better than others. Is, but I like every song up here. There's like there's not a skippable track on this album, so I just want to throw that out there. All right, so coming with your hate, becoming what you hate. Sound, yeah, like you mentioned, the song starts off. I think it sounds like a flugelhorn or someone blowing, like you know when you blow air over a jar. Or there's a horn. I mean, I don't. There's like these random sounds. Whatever it is, it sounds weird. And right away, I'm pulled into this album more than what the heck is going on here and i love that it's like a movie like when you get just dropped in the middle of like the plots like already happened you're like hey trying to figure it out like memento a movie like that um 
I love you mentioned just vocals. I love the trebled effect there. And you know this you know where this reference is from, right? Did you catch the musical reference from the lyrics, Sam? I missed it. Um because I'm a bad reviewer and did not look at the lyrics you sent me. So No, even if you did, my if fault. you it, well, even if you did, um, if you're not a Prayer Chain fan, you wouldn't have got it. But this is kind of, is a um, reference from the the album and the well, the song Mercury that's on this album Mercury by the Prayer, Prayer Chain. All your feelings are streaming through, streaming down your legs. It's it's it's, it's a line from the song. So the song from the beginning throughout is drones on. Then some weird keyboards get peppered in as the song goes on. Um, I don't really consider this a song. It's more like an intro, but I love it anyway. Like you said, it's a great way to introduce this crazy ride of an album. Um, Two Stars, my least, and again, least favorite song in this album. Doesn't mean I don't like it, but it's like a minute, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I, um, I I like this better than some of the other minute-long songs on this album, but. Okay, we'll get to it. <laughs> Um, okay, go ahead and I, I saw you posting on Facebook about this one because it was a real mystery to you. Uh, so tell me about Debbie's operating system. All right. I must confess when this album first came out, I'm not sure I knew what the term operating system in relation to computers meant. Yes, I'm old. So um, I used to think this song was about some medical surgery, you know, Debbie's operating system, like how they operated on her. But like I mentioned earlier, like um jeff posted lyrics and i said oh he was talking about a computer operating system which i know what that means now obviously because 2020 i know what a computer is and then as i'm just speaking right now oh my god i just realized dos dos debbie's operating system <laughs> oh god i'm so dumb um <laughs> all right in this song the operating system pertains to a person presumably debbie who i guess we'll never know and how her operating system is not working for the narrating the song. Um, I love how the drums kick the song off and then the rest of the, the, the um, instruments come in. I love the muffled production effect. You mentioned the production um, decisions. I love this decision here. Um, the keyboards that are in the background sound bouncy and have a 70s sound to me. Listen to minute 56, um, minute 56 second mark for an example of it. The song's a jam, I always bounce in my head when the song comes on. It's um, my third favorite song in this album. So the lyrics on this song, um, you know, talk about someone's life not quite working out or uh, not, you know, their offering system isn't working. And I find it interesting that the lyrics in this album, it's a repetitive theme I found, are of something being broken, something not working right. And there's no resolution it doesn't get fixed. And I am um, find that kind of refreshing, honestly, because sometimes you, you're in life and things simply don't get fixed and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's okay. Um, it's like, you know, why uh, God said to Job, who are you to judge what is and isn't the way you think it should be? You're not God. So um, I really find that an interesting theme to be played throughout this album. Um, from a musical perspective, one of my favorite things I loved about this, because I had my Big Sure headphones on, and uh, on the right side, you hear the drum loop start, the drum, drum loop start, 
And then on the left side, you hear the actual drums start playing. And it's a really cool contrast to just hear this repetitive on the right side. And then hear just kind of drum fills on the left side. And then all the other instruments kind of jump in. Here's some really groovy keyboard. And the song, the way I described it, is like a Beatles cover band deciding to play lo-fi indie rock. And that sounds bad, but then Frank Lynn's production comes in and just cranks up the weirdness just enough to make this rise above what should be kind of a mediocre track. And um, yeah, Frank Lynn's is my hero, this album, because that he just kind of like takes his weirdness button and just starts cranking it up to 11. And it, it doesn't quite hit 11 yet. It's that in a later track. But um, <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and it, it makes, it just really gets, uh, gets this moving. So fun track. Um, it's a fun, depressing track, which is how I would describe this album. Fun and depressing both simultaneously. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah, there's a couple things throughout that. That's one of them. And we'll get to another one probably in the next song or two. Um, so I guess we'll move on to Queens of Beirut. Yeah. Ahead, Sam. I'll give it my best shot. Um, this one I didn't catch too many lyrics from, but I do love a good acoustic number. Um, and all, in this podcast, we get so little acoustic work because Jason's not a huge just fan of him and his guitar, at least yet. Maybe he'll get grow into it. At this point in his career, though, not so much. So it's really cool just to hear a guy sit down and play his acoustic. Um, I always love that sound, especially with this really kind of warm production. I'm pretty sure they're running all off of analog here. And then in the bridge, um, once again, I get some like Beatles vibes here, where that kind of double-layered vocals they do during the bridge really reminds me of like some Sgt. Pepper's Beatles air. And once again, the track should be boring. And um, we have uh, Mr. Franklin's here to the rescue, along with uh, Richard Swift. His keyboards distract me long enough to get me to the next section of the song. And I'm like, you know what? The song's not so bad. That, that keyboard's just, just helped me hang in there. And um, I'm, I was baffled by the lyrics. Maybe you have some ideas. You know, um, we have this parking lot full of dimes and then something about murdering people and making them queens. I was kind of confused. Maybe you have some insight for me, Aaron. Um, I have the lyrics and still have no insight. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, this song was originally released on the, well, I guess not really technically released as the last temptation of Frank Lenz. So this is a Frank Lenz cover that the, that the, Jeff Cloud All-Star Band is doing. So back in the day, I, I got a CDR. I think Frank Lenz was selling them on his website or something. I don't know, but it wasn't officially released, which is a shame because it's a really good album. Um, and this his version of Queens of Beirut is just as good as this one. I like this one too. Um, lyric, lyrically to me, this song's about this. Um, it's the character in the story. Is it this disillusioned Navy guy who's... Um, taken um a lot of his life um seeing seeing what's um you know how he spent his life was it worth it the state of his country as well um pills and cigarettes seem to be his comfort as he ponders having to leave his beloved again 
Um, there's a line, it goes, a tall silhouette from a badly lit dress keeps me from holding on to a cigarette. Um, it's a really cool lyric. And to me, could that be a sexual tryst with the lady of the night? I don't know. I'm not going to go. But there's a lot of um, dark stuff going on in the song. Um, like, I sleep on a plane with a pill in my vein, which I always thought that was a real cool, instead of like, you know, a needle in my vein, a pill in my vein. Um, yeah, this is a very dark song. Musically, it starts off with just an acoustic guitar, like you said, and you're right. And, and even at the beginning, the keyboards join, join at the 57 second mark, the entire band joins in. And I'm like, oh, this is good. We got something here. Uh, I love how when the song Jason's good or whoever's playing the guitar, um, the guitar is used mostly for atmosphere, um, gets a little jazzy. You get um, from the music and the lyrics, it smells like it's, uh, you can get kind of imagine a smoke-filled room with a bunch of cigarettes, people just drinking and just being miserable. I love it. Um, at the two minute, the third, 20 second mark, there's some cool organ sounds that I'm pretty sure it's played by Swift. Um, um, throughout the song, the key, like you mentioned too, the keyboards are amazing. It makes it feel more cinematic. So you can actually, in your mind, feel and see what's going on. Like you mentioned, like Johnny Elfman does a good job. Danny Elfman, I'm sorry, does a good job. I think the keyboards and the music in general does a good job here too. You can actually see the character in this song. Um, I love Jeff's Hush vocals in this too. Um, this is my fifth favorite song on this album. Oh yeah, and the last long too, the, the, there's a last line too. Um, Honey, I love you, but I've got to leave. So just roll your heart onto my sleeve oh god i love that one good job frank that's it <laughs> yeah i did notice that line as well um all right tell me about walking tall which i feel all like right. thematically kind of follows nicely next to queens of beirut i don't know if he did it on purpose or not but i'm sure they did they didn't seem like there was any mistake i mean everything seemed to be intentional but um this is the first song on the album that talks about drinking too much another thing so things not working out and people are drinking to deal with it i guess um i like the sludgy beginning to this track the bass is really thick and the keys that um whoever's playing the keys frank or um richard sound like a, it sounds like a funk bass guitar a la larry graham during the verse parts it's really I was like, wow, I thought it was a bass guitar. I was like, I don't know, maybe that's a keyboard. It's a really cool sound. It's beautiful. We get some of that beloved Lounge Flyer 59 guitar. So that's probably Jason. Um, at the one minute, 45 second mark to 205, we get a delightfully subdued solo that Jason crushes. He just sometimes, you know, just, I know we all like that wall of sound, but sometimes just a subdued, just good guitar playing, just like giving the song what it needs. Um, he does a great job here. Um, it ends with some bright um, poppy keys um, at the end. The drums are light and, and help anchor the song. To me, this could easily be a 60s pop hit. I don't know, like I think 60s when I hear this song, like, or sorry, maybe a Beatles, another Beatles tune. Um, the lyrics speak about how excessive drinking is causing lead character problems. Um, and in the song, all types of problems <laughs> this character is dealing with in his answers. Um, I guess it's because I'm drinking. I'm the one who's drinking. So that's all I got to say about that. Besides, it's my sixth favorite song on this album. How about you, Sam? 
So um, I did. I did agree. Um, you know, I wrote down this is the second song to mention cigarettes and um, <laughs> booze, and I wonder if this was like an addiction Cloud was maybe dealing with his own life, or he saw friends dealing with it. Um, but I like that, and I mentioned this on the Debbie operating system that the song seems to be about dealing with that addiction and then being on the losing side of dealing with it. And um, there's, it's a, a quote I really like from Ted Decker where he says, um, you know, how can you know the light if you don't first know the darkness? Paraphrasing. Yeah. And I think it's a theme worth exploring. It may be something that doesn't get explored enough, particularly in um, anything remotely related to Christian music. So also, who doesn't love a good counting? I love it. I love the there's studio chatter randomly throughout this album, and I love yes. that. It gives it like an air of like just some guys hanging out, which they probably were. Yeah, you know, they probably just recorded this album in between all their other projects they do, because you know they all have 20 projects a year they work on. <laughs> so <laughs> they were just hanging out and recording stuff, and I love it. Yeah, and you mentioned too, and I, I, I don't know if this premature, but that's like one, one of my critiques about the Leave Here a Stranger album because it's like just this um, theme of like things not working out, something life's not all, always good, and then it ends on a happy note. Whereas this album, it doesn't, nothing works out in this album lyrically, and I love it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's. You gotta have some light with the darkness, and I, I stand by, I stand by that last track on "Leave Here, Stranger Man." I, I know, yeah, I, I stand know. by it. <laughs> All right, um, teenagers and fire. I'll I'll kick this one off. Go ahead. So more acoustic. Yes, <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, also these. <laughs> These lyrics crack me up. Um, I, maybe there's more to them, and you can set me right here. But evildoers beware. It's consequences we bear. No, that's what it says. Um, and I'm wondering what this is. Give, this is giving me a Karma Police vibes by Radiohead. I really kind of wonder if that's what he was uh, aiming for here. And normally I love a good organ. But I feel like in this song, it takes away from like the angsty mood of the song. The song's all about, you know, um, there's this great line here. Sometimes temptation overcomes desire. And I think it's a really cool line. And it should be like this angsty, you know, I'm kind of, um, I'm, I'm like a teenager playing with fire. And I just keep burning myself by my own vices. Um, and then this like organ comes in and I love me some organ, but it's, it's playing like a, I don't know, almost like a circus tune. And it just, yeah. it distracts me from the moment. And um, I feel like this song kind of falls flat because of that, sadly. Hmm. That's interesting you should say that because you're right. Now that you say Karma Police, which I hate by Radiohead, I do. Yeah. Okay. So this is mostly acoustic song. Like you said, there's some keys and some effects, but other than that, it's an acoustic song. Um, Jeff's is reflect. He's reflecting and things about death. I love existential Jeff. More of that, please. I really like the sentiment to the song in the line. The toll of death brings nothing but salvation. That's I could spend the rest of the night talking about that, but I'm not. 
So we'll move on. Love the musical swell at two minutes and 35 seconds. This is a simple song that is kept from being boring by the guitar player. It's, it has enough variation and changes um, that does sound redundant in the keys and whatever else Swift or Valenz is doing in the background. All those different sounds um, makes this song shine. It's one of Jeff's best vocal performances. And, I, and I'm with you. He's with, with the subject matter he's singing about. And, and I do think this is his best vocal performance. And then, like you said, like that carnival circus, like um, Oregon, kind of like takes away from the poignancy of it so and i do get some not to mention i do get some strong um karma police vibes and that's probably why this is my ninth favorite song on this album <laughs> it's it's probably it's down there for me simply for the sake of that keyboard um organ distracted so much if it wasn't it'd probably be actually up near the top for me because i love a good angsty song yeah me too mm -hmm. all right um tell me about headlights are the answer are they mm -hmm. all right i'm gonna be brief with this so after five songs of mid-toe tempo and acoustic rock the boys let it fly on this jam the song could easily be on i am the portuguese blues which who knows maybe it was supposed to be originally i love the crack i love to crank this baby and wait for the crazy guitars doing the chorus breakdowns i love how it gets crazy and then it goes to the, the verses it has that crunchy chugging sound to it um this this song is a musical dessert um it's just plain fun i have the words and it's like too much fun by starfire i don't care what's going on it's my fourth favorite song this um album nice change up i'm glad this song is where it is because it was kind of getting a little it was about to get repetitive and then they throw this out there so great track listing how about you sam that intro dough <laughs> yeah, um yeah. can we have more classic rock influence jason guitar please i know it's like black sabbath when it was like, great. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was great yeah i could I, I repeat this like a couple of times when i listen to this album because it's so short so I have never properly listened to the Portuguese blues, but I have a feeling when we get there, I'm going to like it way too much. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, aside from that, is this song about suicide? Because, man, that's dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one, it our could, album lyrically is dark. but <laughs> It could. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's about... Um, let me just say, um, faded white lines on uh, faded white lines on asphalt. They just show you where to drive. Headlights, headlights are the answers to see down darkened aisles. Headlights are the answers to what people call twilight. I don't know, man. White lights fade to red lights, and all who's left behind. It could be painted lines and hallways. They just keep you in this life. To me, I take it as either. This is a song about staying within the lines, the boundaries that are set in life, but guide society, or you're going to get the headlights head on and you're going to die. Or it could be saying that those are keeping you from what you, the answer headlights head on. So I see a suicide. I see the opposite too. I don't know. I see it both ways, I guess. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could also be about, you know, um, the the light in your life is showing you those restrictions those restrictions are things keeping you alive exactly um, if you go because 
which is is fitting either or is fitting for an album that seems to be dealing a lot with um addiction and failures right yeah so um it is worth remembering that sometimes the things that we feel like is boxing us in is actually keeping us alive and that's how i took it because of all the darkness i took it as headlights many answers to say hey you're about to go off the rails but that's i mean that's just how i took it <laughs> all right what do we have up next sir that's all you got to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it's... That's what I don't know. It, it, just, it is what it is. Um, I was just too... I was too entranced by the uh, music to really pay attention to the lyrics, I'll be honest. <laughs> me too. Like I said, I, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, so go ahead. Tell me what your thoughts are on Puppy Hearts and Phone Calls. The best title on the album, by the way. <laughs> And probably my second favorite song on this album. A word. Um, but here's the deal. I love it because it sounds like a pop love song, right? Mm-hmm. But, but man, these, these it's kind of creepy. It's like this weird, creepy love song, complete with these lovely harmonizing vocals on the chorus. Which reminds me of like, you know, the four tops, or later, you know, you get like the Beach Boys doing this kind of thing on the course there. And um, it's it's totally like, I, not a stalker song, but you know, okay. So the, the song's about um, a guy um, out on the road, being busy, doing his life. And he's telling this girl, hey, I can't wait for you. You're taking too long to get with me here. Um, I'm a busy guy, don't you know? And I feel bad for this girl because she's told, being told she's not good enough to wait for. On the other hand, I get where the guy is coming from. Like, sometimes you get frustrated with people and you just want to tell them off and be like, what the deal? Make up your mind. At least if you reject me, it'd be easier than the waiting. Um, And all that's wrapped up in the super, well, as poppy as this album gets, um, love song. And I, I, uh, as I told my little brother once upon a time, you know, when you have... um, when you have sad lyrics played in a major key, um, we call that irony, and it's a beautiful thing. Yes. So that's that's my feelings in the song. All right. The last album, um, we had Monkey Hearts. This album has Puppy Hearts. I'm beginning to think that, Jace, that Jeff is a fan of Awful. You know what Awful is, Sam? O-F-F-A-L? I'm not familiar with it. It's cuisine where, like, animal, like, the organs that normally get discarded, like, the stomach, the lining, the heart, the liver, the sexual organs that, that people Okay, eat. I That's got you, yeah. Awful. So I'm like, wow, he has a lot of hearts going on with this guy. I hope he's... All right. Gets lots of iron, I guess, in his diet. This song sounds like it could be a Bon Voyage, Richard Swift, or an old by Starfire B-side. Um, that's the vibe I get. The beat is infectious. Um, what is going on with these Riverside Lawns, Long Beach, Southern California boys? To me, I took this as a friendship. Like, he's, like, asking for his friend, like, where are you, man? And it just seems like with Starfire, Damien Gerardo, Franklin's Last Foundation, Pony Express, on and on with these guys, they have all terrible friends. Like, <laughs> what's happening down there? Like, oh, man, this is like a mess. Um, 
um they must have they must have pretty awkward get-togethers i don't know it's like was that something about me was that about you like i would love to be there um anyway beginning of the song i feel bad for this guy because it sounds like he needs a friend um i didn't took it i didn't take his romantic relationship i took it as a friend and he's like calling him and he needs his friend but then later in the song like he says i left you six messages i'm like six messages that's a lot. That's like you mentioned, that's virginal stalker them. I've never left somebody six messages in a row. That's, that's too much. So then you start siding with the absent friend, like maybe the narrative is a little extra. I mean, two messages is enough, right? I mean, six is crazy. Um, musically, it's beautiful. Um, I've said it a thousand times, it feels like in this review, but the little additions at Swift or the lens that they add, these like little musical flourishes, like extra sounds keyboards or flugel horns, whatever they're using, I don't know. Um, but they take this song and make it from a decent song into a gym. I like dance to this song, so it's got a little dance beat to it. Seventh favorite song in this album. All right, now let's shift gears. This is where the album, I feel like, switches gears a little bit. And they're like, okay, turn the weird up to 12. We're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink there. So... This first song isn't as much, but this yeah. is where it kind of this is the transition track into yeah. the uh, crazy back mm-hmm. half of the album. So tell me what you think of Long Island. Have you noticed that so far that I haven't mentioned the number one or two yet, right? Yeah, yeah. And I still haven't. Um, Long Island, um, another song about drinking, being drunk. Um, the song sounds like um, Pony Express. The sound that um, the the upcoming EP Fraud. This song sounds like it could have fit up there pretty well. Um, I love the last line after he talks about you're too drunk to drive home. Then at the end it goes, "You're drunk enough to you're drunk enough to drive home." That's hilarious. This song is over quick though. It's two minutes and three seconds. But for some reason, it feels even shorter than that. Like, and I've listened to like the last week. I've listened to the song a lot, and like every time, like it ends. I'm like, and I look and say two minutes. I'm like, gosh, it felt even shorter than two minutes. I don't know what it is. It just, I don't know what it is. Um, there's nothing remarkable about it. I like it. It's good, but I always forget about it until I listen to this album or like if I'm just having my music on shelf. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that song. Um, it's my tenth favorite song up here. Which again, becoming what you hate was number eleven. So. This is number 10. Um, again, not a terrible song, like all the songs, but number 10 for me. How about you, Sam? So um, my first note was, oh, yeah, play that bass. I'm assuming Jeff. Um, yeah. we, get, we get some nice, smooth bass lines here I like. Um, and then, like you said, another song about uh, addiction, you know, probably mm-hmm. drinking. Um, I, I assume Long Island, as in the alcoholic beverage, Long yeah. Island. Um, and someone who just drinks way too much of them. And yep. I'm like, okay, so this song's like a, another critique on addiction. And then it's over. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Was it, was it a critique? Was it a celebration? What was it? Where'd you go, song? <laughs> and I'm just lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. It's weird. Um, yeah, this song is, it's at, at best a transition track, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And now we get into the weird. You want to go, Sam? Sure, I'll go. GPA. Uh, All right. This is probably my third favorite song on this album. And here's why. Oh, wow. 
at this point, we're in musical sketch territory, right? The super short songs that were just kind of ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, He's ruminating on people that he's known in school, rich kids and smart kids and whatever, right? He's like, these people exist. And that's a really boring song. This should be that September song from uh, the first Pony Express album, right? Oh, God. The one that, yeah. Um, This should be that. And then the saving grace happens about a minute in. <laughs> yes, yes. About a minute in, they just go bonkers. And Franklin's turns on the weird switch. And it's like all the instruments crashing in on each other for the last 55 seconds. And it's beautiful. And I love it. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? And it just it takes a completely mundane song and just turns it into something I'm just like, I like this way too much. I just wish it wasn't so short. Like, I needed, like, you know, another two minutes of them just jamming out bonkers-like. And I would have been... This would probably be even higher on my list of liked songs. That's my thoughts on GPA. Well, you, you pretty much plagiarized me, Sam. Way to go. Um, okay. So my first... My first sentence. Let's get weird. This song starts off slow and quiet, like you said. It slowly builds. And then after the second verse, sweet bliss! Like you said... It just goes bonkers, and it sounds like garage rock perfection, like like the, what you would wish garage band sounded like. This is like yes, and it's just things are going in a million different directions. But the solo that Jason is—I'm guessing it's Jason or Josh, maybe it's Josh. There's a solo if you listen to it. This kind of if you listen because a lot's going on. It kind of is like the the central. Um, it's like the foundation to what everybody else is playing off of. So while everyone's going crazy, that guitar sort of pulls it together, prevents it from sounding stupid or descending into chaos and just noise. So that was really cool. I really like that part. Um, I wish, like and like you said, I wish it could have went on at least 30 seconds, but two minutes would have been great. But at least 30 seconds would have been cool. This song would have been so much higher, but like you said, it's too short. And um and how many school relationships in because of college? I mean, this is like this is like like you said, so mundane. This is like the stereotypical teen movie, like, oh, my boyfriend girlfriend's going up to college, you know, we're not gonna be boyfriend girlfriend anymore. And um, and then Jeff takes a detour into class warfare because <laughs> the rich kids' parents say they have to move away and educate. I was, I mean, I grew up poor. My mom said the same thing. That's not like a rich people thing. That's like a parent thing. But I'm just kidding. You know, I'm sure he was just writing a lyric. I mean, he was trying to get in class a little warfare. But I think that was funny. That lyric trips trip me out every time I hear. Um, it's my eighth favorite song. But like you said, it was longer. They had at least 30 more seconds on it. This easily would have been like four or five for me. If it was two minutes, probably the best song on the album. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. All right. Um, tell me about Behind the Wall. All right, Behind the Walls. Okay. So, start us at one or two, right? Yeah. Um, let me get these lyrics to um, Behind the Walls. Because this is, to me, this is, these lyrics are great. Um, well, first of all, let me talk about the music. Um, the most poignant um, lyrics, as I would say that, um, there's a hole in the wall where the telephone was thrown. <laughs> Shattered glass in the sink is broken like all our dreams. And the walls are so thin, e- 
and the walls are so thin, even the neighbors know. So this is clearly a song about a breakup, divorce, relationship gone bad. Um, I've talked about it before, you know, I've been divorced before, and um, it affects a lot of areas. I mean, it affects every area of your life, professionally, emotionally, how you develop as a person, how you view the world. So I really appreciate this song and um, the exploration of that theme, along with things breaking, um, not just with the addiction and friendships. Now we're talking about romantic um, or marital relationships. Um, it can always get worse, like you you quoted. It. it can always get worse. You have to make a decision. Um, though to stay and be miserable or leave. And it's hard. I mean, when you're, especially if you spend a lot of time with the person, it's hard to just say, oh, those five years, that was a mistake. Let me just move on. I mean, nobody wants to admit that, that five years or five months, whatever was a mistake. So sometimes you just dig your heels in. Sometimes that's the best thing to do. Sometimes it's not. But um, those electronic sounds starting in a minute 45 till the end, it's, Gosh, just a, I listened to that today, this song today, and it's just like, just musically, the that, just those keyboards, like, and the music around all of it. It's my second favorite part of this album, just that that little outro part with the music. Um, and it's my favorite song on the album. This is the best. It's especially the lyrics, the way Jeff sings them, and then that outro with those keyboards and the, the music. It's just. I'm like it's just I don't know it just it's like takes you to another place like I don't know it, it's it's kind of like um when we talked about the um um Leaf Air Stranger review we talked about how at the beginning of All My Friends Play Guitar and Terry talked Terry Taylor talked about how like they played like they recorded a version of the song and then they recorded it to a cassette and they played that before the song started and like before you hear that song for the first time it feels nostalgia like you, you've heard this before when you listen to this song even like i've heard this song a million times but every time i hear this song there's like some type of nostalgic feeling i'm feeling like hey i've been to this place before i don't know where it is but it's just this outer reach but i know i've been here before and i just love it it's beautiful yeah it's my favorite song in this album your turn sammy all right so this is my favorite song on the album are you kidding me we finally got the same one I know, right? It, I don't know if we've ever done that before. Um, but yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. Um, I, I quoted that lyric at the beginning. I still love it. It has to get better because it can't get any worse. Unless you think it can. Um, you know, sometimes you get in a fight with someone, a bad situation happens, something that makes you throw a phone through a wall. And all you can do is hope to get better. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to hope it gets better. Sometimes you just have to try and make it better. Put your best foot forward. And it, it sucks and it's hard and uh, you're embarrassed because people are hearing about it. You know, um, obviously, you know, people just hear through thin walls and, and apartments and stuff. But, you know, if you want it, if you want to dig deeper than Jeff probably ever intended, um, your life is filled with thin walls and you have these people around you that just know way too much about you and you don't want them to know about you, but they all know it and they talk about it and you know they're talking about you rather um, you want them to or not. And it just, it sucks all around. And all you can either just choose to let the bad times keep rolling. You can choose to let it get worse 
Or you can say, you know what? It's got to get better. I'm choosing to move forward with this. That's true. Yeah, like in that scenario, the person throws uh, a phone to the wall. So the person throws the phone. They have to make a decision. Okay, this is pretty bad. Now, do you want to make it worse? And yeah, it can only get worse if you want it to. Yeah, I love it. It's a, I mean, I don't love the situation, but I love that that's a Christian guy, so to speak. Um, I don't know if you would identify with that, but um, writing about stuff like this because it happens even to Christians and it needs to be spoke about more. So I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Um, I love the music. It's like this poppy alt rock um, that I loved growing up. Um, it's it's the better version of poppy alt rock that I yeah. really loved growing up. Um, and those keys that get added to it just just yeah. per- they perfect it. They yeah. they uh, they elevate the song above what it should be. Exactly. Without and, those uh, keyboards, this is like a this is like a one two star song. <laughs> Yeah, without those keyboards, this is a Foo Fighters seaside song, right? Like they didn't even make this didn't even make the B side, but then you add Franklin's exactly. production and those keyboards, and it elevates yeah. this. Exactly, exactly. I agree with that. <laughs> Foo Fighters seaside. Oh, I don't want to fathom that existing in the world. Oh, their A sides aren't even good. <laughs> well, uh, I mean. <laughs> So that brings us to the last song. Sister says, you want to go or you want me to go? I- I'll go. I- okay. So on Apple Music, it misspells some of the things. So it says Sister Stays is the album title. Okay. I don't know why. Um, okay. So first off, um, I love the studio chatter. Right. Um it just that's a fun little beginning. And I feel like we're once again, this feels like it's a half formed idea. It's like, okay, mm. this is happening. You know, oh yay. A uh, another acoustic song, which I love, but we did that in the first half. Why do we need to do it again? <laughs> and then just out of nowhere, this weird <laughs> it scared me when I first heard it. I was like, What? What the heck? <laughs> This weird choir starts in, and I'm like, fine, Lens, you win. You won this time, Lens. <laughs> and this is the better version. You just got done listening to the White Album, right? Yeah. Um, this is the better version of Honey Pie off that album. <laughs> Yeah, I just it has to be the closer. It's awesome. We open up with like a weird avant-garde. We end with weird avant-garde. You know, just just yes, yes. Um, I love it. I love it. That's my thoughts on this album. Okay. On this song. Well, I'm a sucker for a well-played harmonica. Like on um, the Joshua Tree by YouTube, "Trip Through Your Wires," the beginning of Bono playing that harmonica. Um, yeah, I just, it's, I just love it. And so this harmonica began and I, I really love it. I love the intimate feel studio chatter too. Yes. I love that too. Um, I always love that. Um, the beginning of the song with the harmonica, the vocals and the guitar create a, such a warm setting. And then, like you said, the minute 15 and I kind of, I didn't think about it. I was like, you know, like, I'm going to say I'm listening when we said we're going to do this. I should call to him. 
I want to see a video response to him hearing this for the first time. And I totally forgot. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard um, this too. You're like, what? Like, this, what's happening? And I remember who we talked to. We did an interview with somebody who talked about this song. We talked about how like it was um, Swift's idea to do this. I don't know if that was Dooley or Cloud, but um, I think it might have been Cloud because I was I was always cons- uh, um, wondered that because it's so left field, like of all the ideas, all the things that could have happened on this album. And it's kind of weird. And the previous Monkey Hearts, anything could have happened. Not in a million years, but I thought this was going to happen. But I love it. You're with the, I'm with you. I love it. The operatic vocals. I wish that section was longer um, as well. It's just so bananas, Foster. Like, what is happening? There's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Jason's even playing on this song. <laughs> it's my second favorite song on this album, and this part right here, the vocal parts, this is um, second. Um, I mean, it's like the best way to end this album. Like, I mean, because like you said, it started off at Vanguard, ended at Avant Garde, and yes, I'm with you. I don't see this as a, a idea or thought. I see this as a planned outro. I see it as Swift of the band saying, we started it weird, let's end it weird. And then ended it in a weird way. That's, I, I love it. Yeah, second best song up here. <laughs> in fact, when I like, sometimes like when I'm going through, like when I'm listening to music, like, and I'm like, oh, Pony Express, I'll just go straight to this song first. And I'll play this first over any Pony Express song. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right. So, uh, final thoughts on this album. Franklin's is the saving grace of this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to assume his reduction work is what made the difference here. Um, so, much like Pony Express's first album, this feels like someone's notebook of ideas. Mm-hmm. Some are more fully formed than others. And yet, these production tricks just make me buy this as a quirky lo fi indie album that deserves your attention like um pitchfork went through this phase which you know they i I don't know i think they get bribed off for certain albums personally but um they went through this phase where just if it was like lo-fi indie they slobbered all over it this is the kind of album they should be slobbering all over yeah Um, and just the the crazy bonkers production just makes me buy this, and I love it. Um, some people would call it rough around the edges. You know, if you're a, a more pop oriented person, you're gonna hate it. Um, but it just makes me it endears it to me. If uh, if all that production was missing, this would be such a bland album. I'd probably not even want to listen to it again. However, with as is, I. I would give it a second listen. There's definitely a few tracks I'm adding to, uh, you know, my Blue Collar Love playlist. Okay. Um, so, Third Time's a Charm. Uh, lyrics, they're dark and interesting, yet not really fully formed. So, 1.5 on those. Music is a 2 out of 3. Uh, bonkers at times, but I'm including Lindsay's production in the category of music, and that's what rises it for me. Um, and then overall, too, just some weird, quirky very dark fun so overall i give it a 5.5 5 out of 9 this is just it, this is awesome it just, it's cool it's the first plane express album um eastwood dive to me yet it's a notebook of ideas figuring what's this band gonna be 
like just like with any band together and like you you're figuring it out second one um monkey hearts was like you know what this is going to be a band that we're we're going to try new things we're going to flesh out ideas we're going to take ideas from our other projects and you know do something weird to them or these are songs that doesn't work there and then so, so they're like okay that's what this band's going to be and then this this album i feel like they're like yeah okay so this is the weird band this is where we anything goes these other band, our other projects have specific sound. This one, we're going to let our freak, freak flag fly. And you'll see going forward how they continue with that. But this, to me, is what that was. And um, I appreciate that. Um, yes, I'm with you. Um, there is not, I think that the unfinished or undeveloped vibe, I think, was intentional. Because like you said, they got like a, they probably have like a million different projects going on. So this is probably kind of like, hey, we got these ideas, kind of do like an indie garage band type thing, and then we'll produce it to make it, you know, um, palatable. And so it has the quality of being like an independent lo-fi rock band, almost punk kind of feel, but then production where it's not like so same Sami or sounding like all that lo-fi stuff where it's different. And so I think that was probably intentional um, and I think it works. So for me overall, I think this is like a six out of nine for me uh, because I'll give it um, two um, for, you know, um, overall, because I think it holds up well over time. You could still hear this on some indie rock stations too. The lyrics are enough. I mean, just cleans it. I mean, all the, yeah, cleans the Beirut and um, headlights the um, answer and puppy hearts and phone calls. Just those alone, just dark stuff. And I mean, just he's dealing with uh, um, some real stuff. Um, Jeff is on this album, so two for that. And then music, like I said, the production um, along with the gritty lo-fi too. Yeah, so overall, it's a six for me. Not a bad beat. Rock on! Wow. Not a bad song on the album. And we uh, Monkey... we came really close to agreeing on this album, Aaron. I know if Monkey Hearts was longer, that would be my favorite album. But I'm with you at this point. Um, this is my favorite Pony Express album. It's pretty awesome. So, um, least favorite, what was your least favorite? What was your least favorite up here? Did you ever say? Favorite uh, my least favorite. Oh, um. I don't know that I really, I guess Teenagers and Fire, like I wanted to like it more, but then that, uh, that organ just took me out of the moment. <laughs> All right. Well, that was nine for me. So we're almost right there. If you take out the intro. So we're almost, we're almost simpatico on this completely. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fitting uh, for our last review for the year. So, um, to everyone who listens, thank you. We love you guys. Uh, we couldn't yeah. do this without you. Like, honestly, if we didn't have as many people listening as we did, I probably would have hung our capes up uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So, really do appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Um, and uh, we'll see you next year. We have uh, some new ideas on the horizon, so stay tuned. Um, I think this will be a lot of – this next year ought to be a lot of fun, Aaron. I think we're going to have a good time. All right, all right. Hi, and um, once again, my name is Samuel. I'm Aaron. Peace out, guys. Be wild. <laughs> and mm -hmm. this has been a Brothers King Media production.
Bye.